streaming on our Facebook site, Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. We are here every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, all time zones in between, time zones around the world every Wednesday night. This series for quite a few uh, weeks, we're going to be talking about near-death experiences. And tonight we have something very exciting. It is a after-death communication. It's about David and he didn't die, but his niece did. Now, all this information is in, I have two books on near-death experiences interpreted by Spiritism. One is what really happens during near-death experiences according to Spiritism. Another one is the spirit world talks to us. And all these are people's NDE. Some have been sent to me. Some I've gotten from the NDERF.org website, a great website. I recommend it to everybody. You can read about near-death experiences. You'll see similarities between languages, cultures, geographical areas. The spirit world is real, and these people are coming through and communicating to us what is going on. Now, spiritism, just to go over that first, is brought to us by Alan Kardec. You codified that in the 1850s. And if you want to learn more about spiritism and Alan Kardec, he has, there is a great movie by the director of No Solar, which is also a movie I'd recommend everyone see. Uh, it's Kardec. It's on Netflix. It's um, in Portuguese, but it's also in English. You can have it whatever way you want. You can also have it subtitled in English if you like it. Yeah, I think it's subtitled in Spanish too. So I would recommend everyone go out and see that movie on Netflix, Kardec. It's a wonderful movie. Same director, uh, Wagner de uh, Assisi's, did No Solar, which you can rent. Um, I think it's also called, you'll see Astral City or Celestial City, I think for $3.99 on YouTube. So it's a great movie. So if you want to understand spiritism and how it explains everything, please go see the movie Kardec. Now, let's get down to an after-death communication. Because again, this is all these things. It's just amazing. It reveals how the spirit world works. And in spiritism, gives you the backstory and tells you why why people are seeing what they see, why the spirit world is talking to a person, and why are they helping or giving advice in a certain manner. So David G. had an after-death communication, which that experience illustrates how the spirit world communicates with us and the power they have to speak directly to our minds. And what I'm going to do tonight, I'm going to take... I'm going to take you through David's experience and relate what the spirit world is actually doing. Now, he had an experience that changed his life. He started communicating with a deceased niece at her funeral. And again, this is all on the NDERF, Near Death Experience Research Foundation.org website, a great website. So let's get into his story. One day, his niece died in a car accident. And David felt strange, like someone wanted to talk to him. He, he, was, he, he felt guilt when he was playing golf on that day, but he sensed his niece, niece, Michelle, telling him it was all right. And so on the day of the funeral, he described what happened. So he must have heard about it and played golf, and he just felt strange. But then he felt his niece tell him, okay, don't worry about playing golf. So then he says, this is I quote from his story. He says, two days later, the day of her Catholic wake at the evening session, I had a sudden and undeniable verbal communication from Michelle. I was sitting with my wife in the second row at the funeral home before her casket. 
She said in the voice of a four-year-old, here comes trouble, and communicated without words that I should go out to the parking lot to meet with a young man who had just arrived. I could clearly see him distraught and teary-eyed with a small group of other young people her age in the parking lot, through, though there was no window in the room. Over and over she wanted me to go out to him, and I refused with my rational mind. There were no words at first other than here comes trouble and go see him, Uncle Dave. I just knew I should go and I clearly saw the scene in my mind, the same way I was hearing her words. I sobbed heavily, overcome with a feeling of awe, emotion. It's hard to say. I was just hearing her voice so clearly and seeing what was going on in a place I couldn't physically see. I just knew what was happening where the boy was. I didn't know who he was, only that she said, here comes trouble. I knew her boyfriend at the time. I met him at the house. He was in the room in the funeral home with us. This was someone else. I didn't know who he was. I just knew he was there and that she wanted me to go to him. After I delayed long enough, perhaps a few minutes, there was no longer a need to go outside. The moment had passed and I felt it. I could see him leaving some of his friends and moving with others towards the door of the funeral home and eventually into a long hallway crowded with mourners of all ages. It would be a while before he entered the room where I was with my wife and her family. As a part of me followed his slow walk to, toward the room, I continued the communication with my niece, Michelle. She spoke so clearly in a young voice I best remember. I asked her where she was and why she was talking to me. She told me that she wasn't speaking to me directly, but that I alone had heard. She said it was a matter of openness to the experience. I asked her why her voice was that of a four-year-old. She said there was no actual voice, that she and I were sharing thoughts, thought energies, and that my mind was putting a voice onto what was being communicated. She deliberately said in her young voice, I could sound like this, and then in her 19-year-old voice, or like this, and then in a voice of a 60 four-year-old woman she would never be, or like this. Each time my mind heard the voice clearly and knew what I was hearing. It was indeed my, mining, my mind putting an audible voice on some other way of communicating. I just knew it. It's so hard to put into words what I was experiencing. experiencing. So, what he just wrote, it just perfectly illustrates the communication between the spirit world and the physical world. Spiritism tells us that we all have the, the capacity to be mediums, to somehow communicate with discarnates, people who are no longer living on the physical plane. But of course, some of us are better and more adept than others. David G. had that ability, since his niece told him that she was directing her thoughts to everyone in the funeral hall. Spirits talk directly to us by radiating their thoughts to our cerebral center, which is the pineal gland, which controls senses, sight, hearing, touch, and our psychic abilities. Thoughts are real in the spirit world, right? As here on earth, they are beginning of any action, but more so in the spirit world. And in, in Michelle's new location, by finding a receptor, Michelle could, by thought alone, talk to David in whatever voice see, show, see, see, show desired, so desired. There are two more details I'd like to add. The first is that most certainly Michelle was not alone in the funeral hall. There must have been other spirits there to help her control her thoughts and emotions after such a violent death. Secondly, Michelle must have been an advanced spirit. For most people, when they die, go through at least 
several day period where they are confused or not even aware they have perished. Therefore, for Michelle to have communicated so calmly with the clarity, with, and with clarity reveals her to be well acquainted with the spirit world, and that upon her death, she realized she had accomplished her mission on earth. Next, David G. learns more from Michelle's side, the other world, as the Druids called it. This is what he says. I asked again, or for the first time, where she was, and I saw a blackness, a void, in which there was a spinning orb about ten feet tall to my perception. The spinning orb was the earth, and it was spinning very fast, many revolutions per second. Two spiritual forms approached the spinning orb earth. The spiritual forms I mentioned were, to my perception, some sort of misty beings, ghost-like, with some semblance of humanoid scale and size, and yet they were formless. They were human size only in reference to my point of reference, the reference in which the rapidly spinning earth was about 10 feet in diameter. As one being said some sort of farewell to the other, the other lifted up in a large puff and disappeared as a funnel-shaped mist onto the surface of the planet. In a matter of seconds, it reappeared, this time as a small point of a funnel-shaped mist, lifting up and coming back to the same size and general shape it had before. It walked, drifted away with the first being, as they discussed what had happened during that lifetime. I knew I had witnessed a human lifetime from another perspective, a spiritual form experiencing a single human lifetime and then coming back to review it with a friend, Peer. It's hard to explain, but it was so clear to me. I also saw, felt, experienced total darkness that wasn't darkness, a void that wasn't a void, but was everything and everywhere all at once. No time, no space. In that absence of anything, I could be anywhere at any time just by thinking about it. So let's stop there for a second. A couple of things. One, Spiritism tells us thought is action. There is a Spiritism tells us that when you are in one of the levels of heaven and you want to travel to earth, there is something called volatation. You travel to earth by your thought alone. He just said the same thing. I can go anywhere I want by my thought. Spiritism explains he's not he's not thinking something that is incorrect. Other high spirits have said the same thing he is saying. Let's talk about time. In the spirit universe, there is no concept of time. It's duration. And there is a fourth dimension, which is kind of throughness. You can see things beginning, middle, end. Kind of you're seeing the, the trajectory of anything. So if there's no time, it's when someone goes, leaves the earth, and there's time on earth, it has not that much relation to what that time is in the spear world. Now, I actually wrote an article about this, is the, the tough, is the difficultness of spirits telling us time. Now, we on earth, when we, when we think we talk to spirit, we say, okay, uh, when did this happen? Or uh, at what time did you do this? And the spirits tell us, this is hard to do. Time is not the same. They, they kind of have to, look at earth and then kind of see some some event that happens and then where that was at the same time an event happened in the spirit world and kind of guess was that weeks months years decades uh it's very difficult so don't expect the spirit to tell you this is going to happen at you know at 10 o'clock you know a.m on wednesday next month no though though that's why when you see uh, when, when people hear prophecies, right? And the people understand about prophecies, they know 
they're very nebulous, right? Because they can't really give you time. They'll give you events. This will happen after something else happened, right? And they're not going to tell you a perfect time. Plus, things could be dynamic. Humans have free will on Earth. Some humans will be in position. Some humans may not be in position. This is, Spiritism explains this. So, Spiritism also explains the fact that spirits can talk to us. Not, as I said before, not everybody has that capability. Like, she tried everybody in the funeral hall, but he had that capability. The last thing I want to talk about what he just said is the fact that he saw someone go to Earth and come back, like, very fast. And he came back and he talked about his experiences. So, again, that is what Spiritism says. We come to Earth to learn. It's an experience. It's like sending your kids to school or summer camp, however you would like to phrase it. We are here to learn what? We are here to learn to mold our character and our personality into something better. We're supposed to take away the bad emotions, the primitive emotions, and replace them with love, charity, and honesty. Okay, let me carry on. So, he thought he could be everywhere at once. He said it was the most amazing, profound, deep experience I ever had in this human lifetime. Later that day and for days after the whole experience, I journaled the whole thing extensively. I haven't reread the journal, but I have it in my possession to this day. I believe she also shared the moment of her death during that time we were speaking. She also communicated to me that I shouldn't share this experience with her immediate family, as she came from a troubled family with a horribly abusive childhood. They wouldn't understand at this time, nor should that abusive energy be part of the equation at that time. I honored her wishes. So, David saw the spirit world from Michelle's perspective, and he saw her judgment after she died. For a moment, he too existed in the other dimension, where time and space is altered, and all exists in the world of vibrations, where our minds control the energy around us, energy to make us look the way we desire, energy to have us appear to be dressed as we wish. Michelle must have chosen a mission to be part of a dysfunctional family, either to assist the family or to make up for past wrongs, or possibly a combination of both. Whatever the facts, even after she passed away, she was trying to protect her family. David, later on, also let Michelle possess his body, for Michelle could use David to convey to her how much Michelle loved her mother. David G. showed all the effects of a medium allowing a spirit to use them to communicate to the physical world. This is what happened when he did that. So he was, he was at home, and he, he said, this is what he says. I actually dropped down to the floor in a fetal position, weeping. My sister-in-law asked what was the matter. My wife knew. I lay there trying to get a grip. While I was there in that space between physical reality and soul awareness, something happened again. Michelle came through, not verbally, not in words, but lovingly. She asked if she could use my body. There's no way to say how these things happen. There's no real progression of events. It's all just there all at once, like that void, that place of nothingness where everything is all the time. Just think about it, and you're there, any place, any time. It's all one. We are all one. Now, in spiritism, if, if David G. was a spiritist and went to a spiritist center, he would have been trained as to what to expect and how to allow a spirit to temporarily control his body, all the while maintaining the ability to dislodge the spirit 
where he deemed it necessary. I have been in mediums meeting. It takes usually, you know, this is, could be all different, different spiritist centers, but they'll train you to be a medium in a spiritist center. And Alan Kardec's, the mediums book, will tell you the different kinds of spirits, how to watch out. There's many spirits out there you do not want to let what David G. do. Of course, he knew Michelle. I mean, she's a very nice, wonderful person, loving soul. But other people who are playing with spirits and communicating with spirits need to need to prepare themselves. They need to go to a spiritual center, take classes, or at least read the mediums book and other books, um, Domains of Mediumship by Chico Xavier, uh, dictated to him by the spirit Henri Louise. Read up on these things. Prepare yourself. Have other mediums with you. When there's a mediums meeting in the spiritual center, there is a spirit guide who's controlling what spirits can come into that meeting because there could be bad spirits that try and take control you do not want to risk that you need to educate yourself spirits are are um drawn to humans at the same level they are so if you read and study spiritism or, or at least a, a you know a very spiritual person and you are a good person you will attract higher spirits if you are a lower primitive person with you know still with hatred revenge all that type of stuff you're going to attract lower spirits so so anyway as i was saying the spiritual center there are spirit guides there and they let in just who they want to let in and they control the situation and they come to the rescue of a possessed medium feels weak so again what i believe is most probably michelle had other souls assisting her in using David's body to convey her message, a message of love. So David proved himself most useful. Therefore, given his great talent to help others in need, he started upon a new career. This is what he says. I developed the healing arts practice of my own that became a vocation. Since retiring from my career as a postmaster, and even in the years before retiring, I've turned that vocation into a small business. I practice as a vocation, though, not as a business. It's not about money. The money comes all by itself when it's needed. I've never had to worry. Working with people, usually with spiritual and emotional blockages, has been my calling. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, seems to be a common thread among my best clients. Now, notice how David said it's not about money. This is one of the most basic rules of spiritism. You should not charge money for the gift that God's give you. Now, if you, if, you know, Chico Xavier, is he psychograph? No. As, if you're helping people with healing mediums and spirits are working right through you? No. If you're doing stuff that you're working your own, yes, you can certainly charge money for that. But if you're actually using spirits to go through you and, in 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 live, right? You should never charge money as like, you know, these people that will tell your fortune and that type of things. If they charge money, then most probably they are not attracting higher spirits. So now when he says it's not about money, but somehow the money comes by itself. Well, this is how this works. Knowing this, knowing he doesn't charge money, the spirit world provides for those that contribute their talents freely. David G is not correct when he says the money comes all by itself when it's needed. There is a team of spirits directing events to ensure that his needs and the needs of his family are taken care of. I was talking about this with this woman who called me. She uh, lives in, in Canada. 
And she was, she was, and I, and she goes, oh. And and she goes, now I understand. I go, why? What? Because we were always talking about David and how the, you know, somehow money comes when he needs it. Because, well, I have been working with others, working with veterans, and I haven't had enough money. And then somehow I was given this house in this park, and I could live in this this house free in this park as long as I just kind of watch out for the park at night. I go, well. Mm -hmm. There you go. You, that is again, the spirit world helping you because you are helping other people. The spirit world ha is, has so much love. And for those who give of themselves, it will come back to you. The spirits have time and time again, even in the New Testament, it says that any sacrifice you make will come back a hundredfold to you when you go into the spirit world. You can take that to your heart and know that whatever sacrifice you make it's just the also thing they say is as you divest yourself of, of spurious goods and luxuries you don't need as you like prune yourself it's like pruning a tree when a tree is pruned it grows back stronger we don't need all these luxuries in life now if you make our money honest honestly don't worry about it you deserve that money don't but if you let goods command you not you command the goods, the material goods, then that is when you should worry. So what David has shown us is we are so much closer to the hand of God than any of us could ever believe. We are really part and parcel of the spirit world. We live in the physical universe. And there is a spirit universe. Now, what, what the higher spirits have told us is the physical universe is just an introduction into the spirit universe. And actually, they talk about, you know, we go from three dimensions here, right, to four dimensions. And there's other universes above that. There, no, maybe an infinite, there's many. And maybe in another dimension above the spirit universe, there are five dimensions. We're not sure. What I'm trying to convey to you is that the concept of God Many people think, okay, when we pass over, first Spiritism tells us when we pass over, we are the same as who we were. And in fact, I talk about a lot about this in my series of three books, Heaven and Below, Spirits in the Spirit Universe, and How We Are Guided by Spirits. This will t talk, this will tell you all about the Spirit Universe. So when you go into the Spirit Universe, when you die, Spiritism tells us we are still who we who we were. Michelle died in a car accident. She was still Michelle. She was still her personality and her character. Now, her appearance may change because her appearance is how she thinks her appearance should be. There's another uh, NDE I'll talk about later of where this woman had an NDE, and she felt like she was in a waiting room. And as she was talking to a woman, she thought, oh, this is a waiting room of people who just died. She's talking to a woman, and... She saw her, she was like a redhead and, you know, probably 40s or whatever. And she saw her hair get longer and fuller and her skin get better. And she was looking younger. She was actually starting with, not consciously, she was actually starting to appear as she thought she should appear in her mind. Again, that is, a, that is our thoughts affect the universe around us. Now, get back where I was. When we, many of us think when we die, you know, we, we go to heaven, we say, Oh, we'll see. We'll understand God better. Well, spirits tell us 
you really won't understand God any better than you do here. We do not, here in the physical universe, we don't have the capacity to understand God. And even what they tell us, and even in the higher levels of heaven around the earth, it's not much better. God is so remote. That's not means he's not full of love. You see, you know he's there because you see proof all the time. You see proof of Jesus. Jesus is the governor of a planet. People in the higher spirits will see Jesus in different meetings and different attributes. He, he is like the CEO of our planet. They will see him. He is, Jesus is so much more than many Christians think of just, you know, this wonderful guy who loves everybody. Yes, he is that, but he's also a, you know, a manager. He's the, uh, is the governor of the earth. He, he has ministers. One of his ministers is Socrates, right? So he has departments and all people work for him and everything. And there are cities and colonies in heaven. It's very sophisticated. And there's so much more that for you to learn and for you to understand. Again, I would recommend my book, Heaven and Below, book one of Spiritism. And then you can get book two, Spirits and Spirit Universe. And the last book, book three, How Spirits Guide Us. Now, if you would like to learn more about Spiritism, I would recommend also you go to spiritismstudy.org. You can scroll down a little bit and you can get an appointment with myself or another Spiritist and we can talk about Spiritism. I can answer as well as I can your questions, your doubts. Not And I'll tell you, well, so I'll say if your doubt, that's really, you know, I'll give you what I think should be, but I'm not going to say you should believe it. Spiritism tells us over and over again, we should have a firm, rational foundation for our faith in the spirit world and in God. Now, someone like David will have that. Someone like me who have had experiences with my wife telling the future, I will have that. Other people, you'll have to figure that out yourself. It's up to you. Basically, I want to make sure everybody knows if all the spirit world, if, if you just, just do one thing, is they say, live by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to go to church on Sundays. You don't have to eat a certain way. You don't have to be baptized. You just have to be a good person to go into heaven. That is really the prerequisite. You will learn more in different lives. If you're not ready for spiritism now, you may be in the life or the life after that. That is the beauty and the, and the justice of God, of how he set up this whole process of allowing us multiple lives. We have free will. We can make mistakes. I have been told I have made mistakes all over the place in previous lives. That's me. So everyone is different. So I want to thank everyone tonight for coming to our meeting. Again, we meet on every Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern. East, Eastern United States. And then also, I also have a live stream on Kardec Radio Facebook page at the same time, seven o'clock on Sundays. So again, I will be with you on Sunday. So I want to say God bless everyone. God bless.